Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi alongside me, as always, is Taylor Namel and The Shark. We're brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. Your College Hooper of the Week this week is Dante Jones, former Dookie. He actually even might be a NBA champion. Someone might have to, to check me on that. I think he was on that Cleveland Cavaliers team that won in 2016. Dante Jones, why is he being brought up? Well, 19 years ago, this is kind of like a, a twofer here. Not only your college trooper of the week, but this week in feet, 19 years ago, he, well, how else do I put it? Detonated, baptized, milked like old Bessie, some UVA player. I mean, he dunked all over this Virginia Cavalier in Virginia, started doing push-ups right after he hit the floor. It was an and one. Truly one of the most disrespectful dunks we've seen in the collegiate game. Dante Jones, 19 years ago today when he could probably fly a little higher, but he is your college hooper of the week. Make sure to check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is. And make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Namel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. Broadcasting to you, gentlemen, from the basement of one avid listener, Titch listener, Patrick Doyle, huge Dayton Flyer and wing aficionado. But why do I bring that up? Because I'm currently in Ohio, Southwest Ohio. That's my home away from home, really, uh, if you can if you can call it that. Home away from home here in Southwest Ohio, Lebanon, Ohio, more specifically, if we have any Lebanon Titch listeners, holler at me. But reason I'm here is because it was his birthday a couple days ago. Hug for you. But even more importantly, and this is what's really shadowing the week, and I get to see the big guy gets to get his paws on both of you in a couple days. My bachelor party upcoming in Savannah, Georgia. If we have any Savannah people that listen to the program, actually, I don't want you to come out and say hi. That'd be a little weird. Let me enjoy my, my bachelor party with my boys. But I'm flying from Cincinnati to Savannah. Like I said, we're going to see each other in person Taylor, 
I know you've been looking forward to this. I've obviously been looking forward to this. The Shark gracious enough to plan all of this. Boys, we're going to be in person together in a few days when this airs, actually. I, I think the most exciting part about this is that not only is it your bachelor party, but this is a bachelor party that has been years, almost three years in the making at this point. Or is it more than three years? It's a legitimate question. I th- I think I'm somewhere in, in the middle of my junior year of engagement. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Lettered the last couple of years for sure. Now a starter on the on the varsity squad. Yeah, that's great. No, very excited. Uh, I've never been out to Savannah, Hilton Head area. So uh, looking forward to check it out um, and just to be with the boys. Maybe watch some college basketball perhaps together as a unit. Uh, but I think it's safe to say there will be theater in Savannah this coming weekend couple things here father first of all discouraging potential theater listeners to not show up and say hello to you i mean if you're if you live in savannah or in atlanta or anywhere near us over the weekend and you want to see the big guy the guy that tweets the nipple rubbing all week every single time tells you where the theater is you have to send me a message first i gotta vet you to make sure you're not some type of freak show i don't want you to show up and really derail everything that we're about i will take applications to come hang out with us uh for maybe we get a little pot on saturday i mean provided the information is good and you stop soaping your ass. But I also assume that you didn't even get in here with, uh, I thought you were going to lead right away with your quote from the office about Savannah. It's like molasses Ooh. dripping out your mouth. Splice that in. Can we, can we splice that? Nice accent. You sound like Forrest Gump. I do not. Well, you do, actually. You've got this kind of like Florida panhandle thing going, whereas what you really want is more of a Savannah accent, which is more like, molasses just sort of spilling out of your mouth he's not in his head he's not in his head yes in all seriousness it is a big celebration for the big guy baba ganoush the uncle the father we're all getting together for him we got a lot of events planned so if you see some weird things going on throughout the weekend i'm i'm testing all of these guys mentally physically emotionally i'm going to be putting them to the grindstone to see who who's going to prevail over the weekend i cannot reveal any of the competitions that we have set up but there will be several and if you want to come involve yourself uh we're going to be walking around that downtown area with drinks you can do that it's like a new orleans on the east coast um you know send me an application i'll make sure you're good to go so at what point do we get to the hints uh going forward uh, on what these contests or shenanigans or riddles or whatever you're making us do this week at what point do we get to start you know uh, figuring yeah. this out no, so I, I mean, the hints were what I just said. I know I alluded to the fact that you may get more, but mentally, physically, emotionally. All right, that's certainly going to be a hint. Intellectually as well. Um, I will note if you are friends with me and you've been gallivanting around Boston with me over the past few weeks, I've intentionally been dropping fake competitions so people prepare for something that doesn't exist. So everyone's like, hey, what do you got planned, Sharp? What do you got planned? And I'll throw something out there ridiculous that may be a competition so people start training. I can't give anyone a heads up. I haven't even announced the teams at this point, but it's going to be a lot of things to celebrate Subana, as we're calling it right now. I like that. And, you know, the Shark, what I will also divulge is that the Shark had sent me some questions on the side. I'm not going to tell you the details of those questions certainly not going to tell you how i answered but it was almost i'll give you this one hint i took a step back after filling out my responses and i think it was time for for a check in the mirror 
I was like, these are some pretty, pretty absurd answers, but it's what came to mind first. And I shot straight from the hip. Certainly, certainly looking forward to that. Subana, though, I like that. I mean, honestly, you're, you're already giving away stuff right there. People shouldn't have known that. That was privileged material. That was confidential. Uh, now people know that, you know, something is going to be somewhat tailored to you in some capacity in the world. And that upsets me a little bit, but we'll work through it because it's your weekend, Father. Hopefully we get some good games for you to enjoy. I know your ideal Saturday. And if you guys know Sue, ideal Saturday for this guy is he puts himself on a lazy boy, a recliner of some sort. It's got to be a chair upright. He's not going to lay on a couch for it. He's got this blanket. It's an avocado. He wraps himself in that avocado blanket. He gets a personal 30 rack, plops it right next to him, and he just pummels those things all day. So that's an ideal Saturday for him. Maybe we're going to be able to duplicate that this weekend, but we'll see. You kind of forgot the the laptop posted right here on his chest That's almost right. like a ra- almost like a rabbit arm type of situation so. yeah he's got he's got to get those theater tweets out for so people know to go watch you know prairie view a&m in the final four minutes of a game but this is even pre-titch like this is just his normal look Sue, are you still using the same white uh macbook from uh 53 years ago in college laptop has since been retired strictly phone and it's it's honestly embarrassing seeing at the end of the week the screen time but it's for you guys it's for the theater goers i have to know when exactly i have to put out the the nipple rubbing tweet actually i got a piece of feedback from one of the theater goers so we we threw a surprise party for doyle a surprise birthday party and one of them is actually an avid listener at least follows us on twitter he's like you got you might have to mix up the farmer friend with the nipple but he he goes he corners me in a party right i'm just having my vodka soda he corners me he's like hey man i gotta tell you I, I thought he was going to say great job putting together this surprise party. This is a lot of fun. The cheesecake that my fiance made was terrific. He goes, the nipple rubbing thing. Is there anything else that we can do to signify a, a game winning shot? I was like, I'm open to feedback, but that's been a staple, the cornerstone of, of Titch theater. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's a brand at this point. And I, I mean, look, I'm going to, another guy that I know is a theater girl, Mikey Tamagotchi, he, pulled me aside in a similar circumstance one time he came up to me and said hey, who's this guy that runs that account is he okay is that guy okay I mean how does he have this much time but you know it's a science this guy really in the same way that people go to art museums to you know really appreciate the art or they go to a sports arena to appreciate the game people go to Twitter to appreciate your work so please keep doing it for us Absolutely. So, boys, I'm very excited to see you, but why don't we dive into some actual games here? As we're recording this, probably uh, the most stacked night, I guess, in terms of matchups as opposed to a Saturday, which has every single team playing. But as we are recording this, Providence and Villanova are getting set to tip off. Kentucky and Tennessee, though, because I respect for the Shark. And because honestly, it's not on CBS Sports Network like Providence Villanova. I'm sorry, we're, we're going to get to them and, and probably make fun of them for the amount of shit that's filling my timeline. I look at it and I'm like, wait, first of all, I didn't even know Kentucky, Tennessee was on. Tennessee favored by a point, trying to exact some revenge after getting your ass beat in Lexington. But then I looked at Providence Villanova and I saw these guys aren't even on, on, on FS1, not even on Fox. They're on CBS Sports Network. I was appalled. Uh, it's one of my old, famous old jokes that I love to do during the NHL playoffs because I got some buddies that are big NHL guys. But it, it reminds me of the Providence-Villanova uh, game tonight. Um, 
yeah, NHL playoffs. I don't know if I got the food network to be able to carry the, the network that has these games being played. CBS Sports Network, I mean, you can't even get FS1. Uh, I know it's probably part of their package deal. I know I didn't really land that joke right there, but you get the substance behind it. But it's it's funny. It plays. And this one right here, I mean, this just goes to show this is the biggest game in pretty much Providence history. And they're they're on, um, you know, the network that simulcasts like Boomer Esiason's radio show every single day. Ouch. <laughs> Carton and Esiason. Yeah, go ahead. You know, it got FS1. Butler DePaul got FS1, though. Tonight? Game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. There's got to be some sort of swap flex that, that the, the conference could do. I don't know, but out of respect, like I said, for the shark, why don't we focus first on Vols hosting Kentucky TBA is going to be an insane venue Vols slowly, but surely rounding into form shark. When this airs, the game will have reached a result. What should we, if you're a theater goer listening to this on Wednesday, what are they hearing, and is how compatible is it going to be with the result that's going on tonight? I'm going to do a little cop-out here. I still haven't had word. Maybe you can tell me, is Ty Ty Washington playing or not? Because these guys absolutely buttered our bread the last time we played them in Rupp. Rick Barnes does typically beat Kentucky once a year, so you guys should file that away. We got killed by them in Rupp last month. Uh, Tennessee, your lights, slowly but surely. I also like to note quietly. Everyone has the memory of Tennessee against Texas Tech from two months ago when they scored about 26 points combined and shot 15%. Um, That's not Tennessee right now. Tennessee's being driven right now by their two guards, their freshman studs. These guys create their own offense, which is not something that we've had in a while. If you remember our team last year, it was Jaden Springer throwing up clunkers and Keon Johnson throwing up clunkers. You know, that's not what we have with Ziegler and Chandler. So this team is good. We can put up points. We lost Kumwa last week, but Folky, I mean, if you're ever going to do Folky selling shirts in Knoxville, right? you go to one of their, their stores in downtown in market square, right there, you go into um, nothing too fancy is the name of it. They'll, they'll put like Folky shirts up. Like this guy's putting up eight points a game. He's been here for a decade. He need, he, he needs to lean into his, his role. He traditionally plays very well against Kentucky. I do think they're going to win tonight. Even if Ty Ty does play just because we're, we're, we're great at home. No one ever wants to talk about that. Everyone wants to talk about how crazy Auburn is and Bud Walton arena and all these other things going on. But Tennessee over the past five years is probably the best home court advantage in, in the sec. So maybe not five years. Maybe not the best either, but close to both of those things. So I like Tennessee. I like the way we're coming into form. I like that Rick Barnes is finally cutting these guards loose, letting them play. Uh, But we're only ever going to go as far as my boy Santiago Vescovi plays, not Vescovi, Vescovi. Uh, If he's not hitting threes, then we're in deep shit. So hopefully I wake up tomorrow and he buttered up about six threes. I mean, this is a huge, I guess, prove it game for Tennessee. If you look at their schedule this year, you know, the, all six what of them. What the hell do we got to prove at this point? We beat you well, guys. We, we that's, gotta, your, I mean, that's like your only good, like big win of the year so far. If you let me elaborate on my point, I'll yeah. I'll get I'll get to it. If you look at Tennessee's losses this year, they're to Villanova, Texas Tech, Alabama, LSU, Kentucky, and Texas. That's probably six of the eight largest games that Kentucky has played this year. Uh, they beat uh, Arizona, obviously, early in the year, and then they did beat LSU a little while back as well. So this game is as important, if not, I mean, I guess it is the most important game of the year for Tennessee at this point because they really only have one more prove-it type of game before they reach the tournament, and that is against Auburn in a t- in two weeks. So for seeding purposes, this is a real make-or-break a game, especially at home for Tennessee. If you're looking at a, Tennessee being a top three or four seed, they got to win tonight. 
Um, you know, if they are going to fall back to like a five or six seed, they probably lose tonight. So this is a, a really big game for Tennessee because they've just towed that line or straddled that edge or however you want to phrase that on being kind of getting over the hump of being a because they are a very, very good team right now. This would probably prove it that they would be a great team if they win uh, against Kentucky tonight. I won't dispute that. We do have Arkansas twice. Well, well. thank you. Thank you for letting me finish my thought then. Yeah. You know, made a lot of sense, huh? You're welcome. But it was a good thought. I mean, it's a good thought. You're right. I mean, we did beat Carolina. We did beat Colorado. I know those aren't phenomenal wins, but they're still wins. And in the other big games when we've been tested, we haven't really rose to the occasion. I just see something different in this team right now. Uh, You're going to have another opportunity for a big win in the SEC tournament as well, because the SEC is loaded, even though they're playing it in Tampa this year. That's ridiculous. They switched from Nashville, the greatest SEC, uh, the greatest conference tournament place to go right there in my opinion you got it all right downtown don't get at me about msg right now i disagree with you it's in tampa yeah they they shifted it to tampa i don't know why Um, yeah it's not good it's not good but no no, you're right i mean tennessee they got they got to win this game i think ceiling for them at this point would be a two seed i really want them to land at a three seed i really want them but they have to win tonight and they have to beat auburn later on if they want to even sniff a two which i think would be a reach but if we can get a three seed that's so much better optic wise if you're a three playing a 14 and then you get that 6 11 matchup in the second round and then all of a sudden that's the only thing stopping you from the elite eight is a potential two seed so i like that much better than being on that five four line I was just going to say the one thing I'm very much looking forward to is seeing if Kentucky cools off against Tennessee because, and it's going to happen. Okay. So they're not going to go into TV and shoot like they did in Rupp because what were they shooting shark? Like 60%. They were over 70 for most of the game, which by the end they met, it dropped under, under 70, but they were over 70% for the vast majority of that game, which is preposterous. Yeah, so I, I was just – the, the big matchup I'm looking forward to is Ziegler versus Xavier Wheeler, the all-time jitterbug matchup. Two diminutive guards, static, uh, can can get to the rim surprisingly and finish in a very crafty fashion. I'm looking forward to those two. I was going to add that I think, going back to Shark's point, that I think if, they, if Tennessee wins tonight, their floor – is a four seed. If Tennessee loses tonight, their ceiling is a four seed. Is that is that uh, going out of on a limb there, Shark? No, they could still get a three. They could win the SEC tournament. Well, okay, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah okay. Any team could go and win out the rest of the season. Why is it so? Why is it so far fetched to you for Tennessee to not win the SEC? If they lose to Kentucky tonight, February fifteenth, and then they win the tournament a month you're saying that they're not going to get higher than a four seed well i'm saying that if they lose tonight that means they'll have lost pretty much seven of their nine biggest games of the year there's no there's no indicator that then they're going to go and win the sec tournament after losing seven of their nine biggest games of the year okay so you're saying that you they're giving you no reason to believe that they would go on to win the sec tournament um, so there's no chance of them getting there. But I, I disagree. I think they definitely could win the SEC tournament, even if they were to lose tonight. And if that well, were to happen. Yeah. Sure, anything could happen, right? Okay, like I could win the lottery tomorrow, right? But if if we, there's no indicator that would, oh, give, us, yeah, that would a, give us a reason to say like, oh yeah, can, Tennessee's going to win the SEC tournament if they've already lost why? seven of the nine play, toughest games. They played on the road against Bama without their key players, and they were able to almost beat them in Bama. They haven't had their tests against Arkansas, Auburn just yet. They beat LSU. They what more do you want? They beat Florida. I know that's not a very good team, but they're playing in, in Mississippi State. They beat them. They beat A and M. All these bubble teams are going up against them, and they're swatting them away like flies. 
Yeah, bubble right? teams. Yeah, bubble teams. Not the three best teams in the conference. Which what is do you want? What do you want them to? What do you want them to do? Go call up. Win. Win games. But <laughs> they had been. They won six straight. But they haven't won the biggest games. That, they that beat you guys. Well, it's because okay, they so play that's... so many big games. They play a hard schedule, unlike your cupcakes over there playing some other Southern California team every other week. That stinks. The first thing you just brought up is that they beat Colorado. Uh, you're you're a, by I, your own admission a good team as you pre- uh, that was you started this argument. No, I don't think I said they weren't a good team. Oh, oh okay. Did, so then I they did. don't have that many good wins then. Which one? Which is it? Which was it going to be? What is it going to be? They play good teams or they don't. Can't yeah. win with this guy. Ooh. Can't win with this guy in the trap. I'm not anyway. trapless. Yeah. Trapless. <laughs> so Kentucky, Tennessee, huge huge game for the Vols. Very much look. Looking forward to that. We shift to Providence Villanova now. I know we've made fun of them, but it's probably the biggest. Is this the biggest game in Providence's school history? Because again, they have the inside track in winning their first ever Big East Conference title, regular season title. And if they don't beat Nova, I mean, you got to go through Nova. That's the team that you have to go through to take it from them. Because no matter what the standings are, everyone's going to just rely on Jay Wright. They're going to say that Nova's going to win it. Until they do that, uh, this is Nova's conference. So as this airs, I need a prediction, boys. Taylor, do you think Providence takes down Villanova uh, in the dunk? No. Providence is the... What, what did I see today? They're the worst two-loss team in the country. <laughs> so that's what I saw on Twitter all day today. I, 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 don't, I still don't know how to feel about Providence, I'm going to be honest with you. The, and, you know, I'm a big metrics guy. The metrics fucking hate Providence, yet they still keep winning basketball games. So uh, tonight's a, another huge game that, yeah, almost like the uh, Tennessee game, whereas I will feel so much better about Providence if they win tonight, similar to Tennessee. Like, my, like change my entire opinion about them type of, type of feeling. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's. I would say it's probably the biggest game that they've had in a while, just because it's been like a slowly building excitement that they have, just because there's been hype surrounding them, and you know, hate for them as well. So that's kind of feeding into the hype that they would have. But if they can win this game, they're gonna win their first ever Biggies regular season championship, which was my number one, my number one kind of critique of that of that program over the past is that they claim to be so much better than they really are. They've never even won the Big East. Now, I will note. That if they were to win this Big East, this isn't like winning the mid two thousands Big East. I mean, you got like some butt cheeks team in your conference right now. But I, it's hard to kind of um, not appreciate what this win could be for the fan base, just because of all the hype and energy that they've had surrounding this season. Uh, they got a bunch of senior guards. This is everything you could possibly want. You, you can be able to go and play against a team that's beat you up for a long time and take the title. And then no matter what happens, and I think this is probably what they would agree with, no matter what happens, if they win the Big East regular season championship, they get a two seed, a three seed, uh, let's say they lose in the first weekend, you know, it's still a successful season for them just because of where things are at, whether they want to admit it or not. I mean, you want to look, they're going to look back fondly and have good memories of this year. Even if they lose in the second round, you think? I think so. Or the so, first yeah. round, I should say. I, I would think so, yeah. I will say if they win the conference tournament, uh, or excuse me, not the conference tournament, the regular season conference championship, something that they've literally never done before, uh, it is memorable. All right. So now that we've lost Subi permanently because he's in a basement in Lebanon, Ohio, and hopefully he's out of that basement. Uh, 
by the time his bachelor's party starts. Let's move on to Baylor here. Baylor kind of had a rough go the last couple of weeks. And one of the most horrific knee injuries, if you saw the, the screenshot, did you see the screenshot of his knee injury? I did see it. It was disgusting, almost as disgusting as uh, Soupy's internet situation over there. I, I mean, the, the understand that we've got, apologize for the technicalities that we're dealing with here. He's, he's in a house that solely relies on YouTube TV. So that's an issue right there. I mean, apparently he watched the Super Bowl with a YouTube TV situation as well. And Taylor, I'm going to steal a joke that I've already done. I just want to do it again. But I was able to confirm that this house had clean water and electricity. So they have that. I mean, they're living in the antiquated ages otherwise without not having cable. But, yes, he does have that. Probably was 17 plays behind on the Super Bowl on Sunday. But, yeah. Uh, but as for the injury, terrible. Uh, crucial component of that team. Baylor is always playing, bouncing around with their zones. They'll go in one time. They always need to have a big guy that can move and defend the, the perimeter as well as get a lot of the rebounds that they would need. So that's a crucial loss. LJ Cryer still hurt for them. I think he might be coming back tomorrow night excuse me, tonight, if you're listening now, against Texas Tech. But Baylor is in a little bit of trouble right now because John Wachachua, again, sorry if we screwed that up. We Subi's could just normal. call him Jonathan, too. Yeah, we could like, do Jonathan. Yeah, right. Subi's normally pretty on the ball, but with pronunciation. So we're in trouble right now. We're two role players that are tasked with bringing the ball up against a tough pressure, and, you know, we, that's not our forte. All right, so we're, in, we're, we're scrambling against it. Well, so how do we feel about Baylor? That's another, as you said, crucial component loss. He's averaging eight, nine points a game, seven boards. At some point, it just gets hard to replicate that type of uh, production. You know, there's only so many six, eight, 250 pound, you know, super athletic dudes out there that, that can fill in. Baylor, I don't want to say they've been struggling as of late, but, uh, you know, obviously, as we talked about on this program multiple times in the last couple of weeks, they're not nearly as dominant as they were going forward. How do we feel that Baylor is going to end the season out here? Not good. Not good. I mean, I, if you remember him in the in the national championship game last year against Gonzaga, the guy was all over the floor. Uh, to my knowledge, he's really the only guy that can do that for that lineup. Matthew Mayer is a big dude, but he's more of a stretch forward than anything else. And you need to have the guy. His points are certainly relevant. I think his field goal percentage, he's probably shooting like 70%. But, I mean, he's not there to score points. He's there to do all the dirty work that they need against teams that have good bigs. I mean, you're going to face a lot of those in the big 12 as well. So they're going to need to rely on a whole bunch of threes from Flagler. And if Cryer comes back and Akinjo needs to be able to get to the rim, but they may be in trouble right now. Yeah. It's, I think in my opinion, James Akinjo is going to have to take back over again, kind of like he was early in the year. He's for every player that goes out, he's just going to have to be more ball dominant, score the ball more, which he's capable of doing. He just hasn't necessarily done that as much in the second half of the season. Um, so I think it's going to pretty much, he'll go as far as, or Baylor will go as far as Akinjo takes them at this point, I think. So I, I must say in going back to Saturday's games and the happenings, like for example, Musselman taking his shirt off against Auburn, um, you know, over the last week, I was at the Phoenix open all week last week. So I'm really in the last three weeks I've gone, Arizona, UCLA, and Tucson. I've gone Phoenix Open and now going into Subi's bachelor party. I'm going to need like a life alert button pretty much uh, starting next week with the Super Bowl in between there too. Have, so, you taken a, have you taken a day off from drinking yet or is this – you got a streak I, going? I'm drinking a, a White Claw as we speak at this See, point. See, that's, that's on you. I would have taken today. You know, re, regroup, set, recharge the batteries a little bit. 
you know, it's a kind of a lazy Tuesday. There's not much going on. I would have saved today, but it's your journey. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I didn't want to have to go through the rolling the rolling hills of this. So, you know, yeah. that's just what that's just where I'm at right now. So yeah. what did we think of Musselman's physique? Let's move over to there real quick. Are we are we happy with where he's at right now? Does he get does he need to get on the Peloton? Are we happy he took his shirt off in general at this point? Well, he had that shoulder injury or a collarbone, whatever the issue was. But I, mean, I think he's always been a runner. Like he's just like a 10 mile a day runner. So he's kind of a weirdo in that regard. But um, I don't know. He's old. It's hard to judge older guys about keeping the physique if they're not doing super regimented diets, you know, like a caveman, all that sort of stuff. So I'm not going to judge him there, but I'm sure he's still churning out miles if he's able to move with that upper body injury. Also, I just I have reminded you guys multiple times this year that Arkansas is still a good ball club. I, I never I, I never who, who disagree with that. I feel like there was some pushback like two weeks ago when I took no, them no. like minus 14 against Missouri and you were like, oh, Quanzo Martin, blah, 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 all this bullshit. Uh, I, I, I've, Arkansas was underappreciated. They had like five losses when they and they were unranked when they beat Auburn. They, they haven't been getting a lot of credit this year. They're a good team. They're always going to be good. Uh, I just root against them because I can't stand muscle build. Another team with some big wins over the weekend and actually over the last week just in general is Rutgers knocking off three straight ranked opponents in Michigan State, Ohio State, and at Wisconsin. Let's get to Wisconsin in a second because I think people keep talking about them as if they're like a, this extremely good team, and yet they continually are, are continuing to lose games like this. But let's get some thoughts on Rutgers. Where do you think they're at right now, and has the rack kind of regained its uh, fame from last season or two seasons ago, I guess I should say? Yeah, I think they have uh, last year as well. I mean, but that's when it really fully started for them. I mean, Steve Peichel's got them playing great. Last week they were able to beat Ohio State, and then uh, they were able to win over the weekend as well. So they're they're in a good position right now. I think they're fifteen and nine, decent strength of schedule down the road. They're going to have some. I think they get another opportunity against Purdue and then Michigan. So they have a favorable schedule to at least get another signature win. Uh, but they're a good team if you just watch them play. McCall Heed, Ron Harper Jr., Geo Baker. I mean, they, they're Rutgers, and they're just totally different when they're playing at home, which I think is called the Jersey Mike's Arena now. Jersey Mike's, perfect name for that uh, that arena that they have. But I think Rutgers is in a good position. Um, down the road, they are gonna they have Illinois when this airs tomorrow night uh, at home again. So it's a great opportunity for them to get another win and play themselves into the tournament. I wouldn't want to play them in the first round. I mean, and bringing, you know, speaking of Purdue, they already beat Purdue this year, too. So they have wins over number one Purdue. They have wins over uh, number 13 Michigan State, number 16 Ohio State, number 14 Wisconsin. They have more big wins than Tennessee does, actually, now that I'm looking at this. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, No comment. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. If Tennessee played those teams, they would have won those games. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, no, I mean, they still play Wisconsin again. They play at Purdue one more time. They they really are going to be, like you said, a sneaky team in the tournament when you have someone like Ron Harper Jr. who, you know, he scores 16 points a game. He is a good enough player that, uh, you know, especially in a first or second round matchup that could take over the, uh, a game and, and go out there and win it for him. So I think Rutgers is always, or at least over the last two years, uh, you know, been that sneaky team that no, nobody really ever thinks about. I think right now, as you just alluded to, they're a team that is going to be kind of no longer in everyone's rearview mirror, but right there neck and neck with everybody else in the Big Ten, which wouldn't have been something you thought about at the beginning of the year. 
Yeah, who would want to play those guys too? I mean, they returned literally everyone from last year when they choked against Houston. If they won that game in the second round, I mean, Houston came back at the very end. Dejan Durow was terrific. Uh, Quentin Grimes hitting huge shots, but Rutgers had that game in the bag at the end. They would have advanced, and who knows, maybe they would have went to the Final Four on that run last year. So Rutgers is tough. I wouldn't want to see them. I mean, what a not to reiterate this, but what a wild schedule they've had this year. They have losses to DePaul, Lafayette, UMass, <laughs> Penn State, Minnesota, Maryland, and then they, it's like they lose every bad team and win against every good team. But, I mean, that when it comes to the tournament time, you're only going to play good teams, so maybe that's a, a good uh, good sign for them. That's right. Only matters at one point during the year. Right. Unless you're Providence, I guess. Right. <laughs> it matters right now. All right. Well, since we've lost our point guard, our distributor for the, uh, this, the game, let's call it here, we're going to move on to some bets because that's literally the only thing Shark and I know how to talk about. Please, sir. I want some more. What? 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 Some more? Uh, last week, Shark, Shark went two and one, and I went one and two. I'm sure that I'm still in the lead for the year. I'm sure Shark will push back on that. But uh, Shark on a hot streak right now, two and one. Not sure if he's still Mr. Wednesday night or whatever the hell you are now. But what do you have for us this week? I am still Mr. Wednesday night. Two and one last week, three and oh the week before that. I mean, seeing the floor like Billy Hoyle. I know I keep saying it, but it's true. So last week, the theme of my picks uh, were, were generally associated with teams that were on the bubble that needed to have one in order to be able to survive towards this stretch run. And that's going to be – I had uh, Mississippi State, who, of course, failed me. I picked against Tennessee. Iverson Molinar couldn't do enough. Tennessee locked them up. That's another good win for Tennessee right there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if Mississippi State's going to be able to get in at this point. They're going to be struggling. I picked Rutgers, who needed that win. They were able to get it. And then my final pick, um, I actually forget what it was, but it was it was it was good. It worked again. But this week I'm going uh, teams that are short favorites that I think are kind of strangely short favorites. So the first one is going to be Purdue, who is on the road at Northwestern, and they're getting four and a half. Now this could certainly move in the other direction by the time you wake up tomorrow and you're listening to my buttery voice over here, but. Four and a half, I see it's kind of stinky. I admit Purdue was favored by about 18 or 16 and a half or whatever it would have been against Maryland on Sunday. They won by one point, so certainly didn't cover that. I expect them to come back hot. They have a great offense, and I don't know if Northwestern's going to be able to keep up with them, so I'm rolling with Purdue. My next one is going to be Miami on the road, getting two, minus two against Louisville. This is a fade Louisville. Everyone off the off the boat with Louisville. All right. Save the women and children. Louisville's lost like seven straight games. I don't like Louisville. They're already thinking about who their next coach is going to be. Cough Ed Cooley. They want to figure out what's going to happen next. Miami has to win this game if they want to stay on the right side of the bubble. Big win for Miami against Wake over the weekend. Uh, so I think Miami typically not a very good road team as well, but they can certainly put up points. I just don't think Louisville has the motivation and the desire to stay in it. And Miami does with a veteran head coach. And then the final one is going to be the night game, Texas Tech. Favored by one point against Baylor. I, I, this is just me not believing in Baylor being able to defend without their key cog in the middle. So I, I'm not – they're going to have to hit a bunch of threes if they're going to want to be able to zip through Texas Tech's uh, sideline defense as they like to play it. But I, I like Texas Tech. They played earlier this year when Baylor was healthy and Texas Tech won on the road. So I'm going to go ahead and grab that one point and go with Tech. So my three picks are Purdue minus four and a half, Miami minus two, and Texas Tech minus one. 
Well, we must be on the same path because those were all teams that I had considered for this. One of my picks is we'll just dive into it is is Miami for the same exact reason. And it has nothing. We could sit here and talk about Miami and this, that or the other, but it really has nothing to do with them. You're completely right. Louisville's terrible. And you're also completely right in that they don't seemingly give a shit at this point either, which is probably the bigger concern if you're looking to to take them. Interesting that, you know, if if a home team is worth three points, give or take on a neutral site, this is still a five point game. I would still probably take Miami in that situation, um, which now that we've both taken them and told everybody how bad Louisville is, that means that we're pretty fucked. So <laughs> let's, let's go Miami there uh, all on the U here. Next, I'm going to go out uh, to St. Louis and I'm going to take the Billikens over the LaSalle Explorers by 14. Uh, I like St. Louis a little bit. They're not exactly a bubble team quite yet, but this is kind of the same situation where I'm taking just a good team or a decent team against a team that's not very good in LaSalle. Um, No more South Philly floater there and Ty Garland uh, uh, for LaSalle. So I'm rolling with the Billikens minus 14. And then I'm going to go to Nap, the Nap Center, as they call it there. The Drake Bulldogs, who I'm not taking, are favored by 16 against the Evansville Purple Aces. Now you might say, all right, Taylor, you've just gone against two teams that are terrible. Well, Drake is good, but they are terrible against the spread. They're only 6-17 and 17 against the spread this year. Uh, Drake only beat Evansville by one earlier this year in their previous matchup. So Evansville Purple Aces getting 16 sounds like a plan to me. So I'm going Evansville plus 16, St. Louis minus 14, and Miami minus. Would you get them at one or two? I got him at two. I'll take one. If you saw one. No, I got him at two as well. So I thought you said one. So, so thank you for joining our disjointed program. Hopefully this is not a sign of things to come for us in Savannah, Georgia uh, coming up. Uh, If anyone likes, would like to buy Sub a drink, you know, please let us know. Uh, We'll make that happen for you. Um, I hope that we don't have to watch Sub rub his nipples this weekend like like i'm a friend i hope that's only an online maybe that yeah maybe we can get sue to do the nibble nipple rubbing so it's no longer farmer friend so we can appease that guy at the party and say hey look we got rid of the farmer friend nipple rubbings but now here's a picture of sue doing it do you think that's gonna do you think that's gonna drive viewership for our program i don't know Maybe we save it for a special occasion. We'll see what happens. Uh, Don't worry. March Madness, maybe? I'm listening. I'm I'm considering that option right there. But, no, yeah, we'll we'll have a good weekend there. It'll be nice to see everyone in person. Um, You know, our guy dropped off on this call, but we'll pick him back up at the end of the week. Well, um, please do not leave any suggestions in the suggestion box after this program. But thank you for joining us this week (laughs) on Theater and College Hoops, and we'll catch you next time. My waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Sent up a flare, I need love and devotion. Trade it for some faces that I'll never know. Notion. Maybe I should try to find the old me. Take me to the places and the people that know me. Trying to just connect, thinking maybe you could show me. If there's so many people here, then why am I so lonely? friends
it's hard to find, let's face it. By the perfect home when there's a flood in the basement. Made a couple dollars now and I ain't trying to chase it. Kids from Oklahoma, man, we don't waste it. I'm just trying to paint the picture for me. Something I could give a damn about and maybe 40 years. And I've been ready and willing and able to edit the story. Cause there's so many people here to be so damn lonely. Switching to a new lane Foot to the floor, man Searching for the real thing Make somebody else Sometimes ain't no shame Head to the clouds, ain't It's like, can I get a connection? 